Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. It's my pleasure to welcome you to the Clark Howard Show, where our mission is to serve you and empower you so you make better financial decisions in your life. I'm going to start out today's episode with something that really isn't a deep topic, but many of us have experienced it. Fast food drive through lines. Who's the fastest? Who's the slowest? I'll tell you. And later, if you have one or more old 401k accounts, there's a company that is going to make it so much easier for you to get those accounts put together with each other instead of having these orphan accounts that you'll lose track of over time, maybe eventually lose them over the course of a working career. We're going to talk about how getting that money following you is really important. So survey says, who's fastest and slowest? The Bible of the fast food industry is QSR. QSR Magazine, Quick Serve Report or something? I wonder what QSR stands for. I've talked about QSR for years. I never thought about what it actually stands for. But anyway, the fastest drive through this year is at Taco Bell. And Taco Bell is under four minutes time on average in line, followed by Duncan. KFC, Arby's, Burger King, we're well into four minutes now, Hardee's, Wendy's, Carl's Jr. It's funny because Hardee's and Carl's Jr. are the same company, but have one slower than the other. McDonald's in ninth place at just a whisker under five minutes, and Chick-fil-A, 10th and last in the survey, 325 and a half seconds average wait in drive through At the same time, survey after survey after survey shows Chick-fil-A is people's favorite fast food restaurant of the majors. And how interesting that is that they're the slowest service and the most popular. So one of the reasons is Chick-fil-A, I talked about this months ago, Their stores are selling such large quantities of chicken, unbelievable sales per location, that they're causing traffic problems on major roads where people back up onto the road to get into the Chick-fil-A. There's a Chick-fil-A near my house that you got to know when you come down this road that's three lanes each way. You need to be way over to the left on the northbound side or you're going to get stuck and all the backup of people out on this major road waiting to get in the Chick-fil-A. How do you get it done with the volume? It's been really, really hard for them because Chick-fil-A has become so intensely popular that the crowds are a problem. 
getting the food out to people. Obviously a problem if they're the slowest of anybody. And also staffing such a thing. So going back to my favorite source about the industry, QSR, they wrote a story about a Chick-fil-A that's, I think, the busiest Chick-fil-A in America that's in Miami. And typical fast food will have sales of a couple million a year if they're doing really well. This one Chick-fil-A location apparently sells $17 million worth of chicken a year. And staffing is crazy hard difficult. Turnover, a big problem. And the operator of that location came up with a new staffing method that his employees have loved. It is a really extreme experimental idea. And so far, it's working fantastic. What he does is people are offered a three-day work week for a full-time job. And they work really, really long hours those three days. And then they have four days off. People have loved it. The turnover they were having at the location collapsed. People come and they stay. The number of applicants has skyrocketed because people apparently would rather work three 13-hour days and be done for the week than to work a more normal schedule. I'll tell you, I absolutely get it. I mean, they had hundreds of applications when word got out that you could get a full-time job and do it all in a three-day week. But the odd thing you would think is people's shifts stretched that the quality would go down of their work. But actually, it's so easy in fast food to measure quality that's, you know, wrong orders, longer lines, whatever. The quality has gone up on the measurements they use at Chick-fil-A going to a three-long-day work week. And as you know, I have forever been a fan of the four-day work week. I think it's so preferable for people's productivity for their lives, for having more balance in their lives, that they're commuting or working four days a week, whether they're working remotely or commuting, instead of five. Having five on, two off versus four on, three off is a huge, complete difference in the quality of your life. This is a more extreme step, three on, four off. So what do you think, Krista? Could I start doing that? Three long days? I think you'd prefer one long day, right? One long day sounds great. Work one straight 24-hour day and be done a week? be done. I'm on board. Let's do it. Okay. Okay, Fernando in Wisconsin says, I'm in the market for a used truck, a one- to three-year-old Ram, and have had a local dealer that sells used trucks manufactured in the USA for the Canadian market. Now they appear to be selling used in the U.S. market. Should I have concerns? The major issue I see is that the dealer is telling me that not all Canadian vehicles have transferable manufacturer's warranties. Anything I can do to cover myself when buying a truck like this? So, Fernando, it's weird. You have here a Ram that was manufactured in the United States as part of the multi-country North American Automotive Compact, which is Canada, Mexico, U.S., which for automotive purposes are treated as if they are one big country. 
but it was one designed for the Canadian market. Believe it or not, most vehicle manufacturers will treat that as if you bought a car that was made in Germany or you bought a car that was made in Japan and had it shipped here because the warranty, that vehicle is considered what they call in automotive circles, a gray market car. And so it is up to the manufacturer, it's up to Chrysler, whether they would honor the manufacturer's warranty on that vehicle. Some will, some won't. Sometimes it's just um, situational. You know, somebody who's persuasive will get a manufacturer to do so. So there is meaningful risk buying a car made here, sold for the Canadian market, re-imported to the U.S., you may be in a situation where basically you bought a vehicle that has no warranty at all. If it's a much, much better deal than what you could buy otherwise, and you're willing to take the risk, then know that it's as if you bought a used vehicle that's already out of its regular U.S. warranty. Kate in California says any guarantees from bike lock companies trustworthy. They claim they'll reimburse you for your bike if it's stolen while Up using... to $5,000 or something I saw <laughs> recently in a store. Oh, but they have a long list of odd requirements you must prove first, such as sending a photo of the bike rack to see if it meets their approval of a good bike rack. They also want a photo of the broken lock. But what if the thief took the lock? Can I trust any of these lock companies? I want to buy an e-bike to help relieve pressure on a bad knee, but e-bikes are really expensive and are stolen often, I'm told. Can I trust the lock company promises? Yeah, this thing with the electronic electric bikes is a real, real problem with the theft because they're not tagged or plated. And so a criminal steals one. That's why these locks exist. And and they're all sold with these impressive guarantees. But I really uh, love, Kate, that you dug in to read, oh, well, you got to do this, you got to do that. We're only going to pay a claim if you got this other thing. And you are completely right. When a crook cuts that lock off, and goes off with your bike, that lock may not stay at the spot where you would even be able to prove what happened. So this is really, really a hard one. What I did was electric bikes now come at all different price points. So you're not even sure yet that an electric bike will be something that will be practical for you that you'll use regularly. I paid $398 for my electric bike when it was on sale, it was a Walmart one. They don't have them at three ninety eight right now, but that's what I paid, and so it's low risk. And nobody's stolen my bike, I guess, because they're going to try to steal a fancy electric bike. Mine doesn't look fancy at all. So you put less money into it, it's not as likely a target for theft, and it'll give you an opportunity to see if riding an electric bike really is going to work for your lifestyle. And you will see electric bikes priced as low as what I paid, but a lot, $600 or less. I have to admit something embarrassing. When I was in college, I got this nice mountain bike and um, I locked it up at night in front of my dorm and it was stolen because I put the lock around the front tire and they just flipped the things and took it without the front tire. Oh, I know. Don't do that. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. It's fine. It's just funny. It's a little, it was just one of those moments where I was like, oh, 
Okay, Tim in Texas says, I'm 51. I've never been good with money. I don't have anything saved for retirement. I just started a pool service business. I'm bringing in ten dollars to $13,000 monthly. Wow. Yeah, I was considering opening a SEP IRA, but quickly realized I don't have the time now to build enough to fund a decent retirement. And I would be locking up that money until I'm 65 or older. What do you recommend for someone my age? I've considered saving up for the next few years and investing into a short-term rental. Perhaps I could accumulate two to five short-term rentals in the next five to eight years. I know I cannot work like this for the next 30 years. I want to invest in something that can replace my current income. So Tim, first of all, don't give up on yourself getting savings done. Two, that is a wonderful revenue stream you're generating so far with your business. Three, you obviously have a complete entrepreneur's mentality because putting money in a SEP is very, very different than saving up money and buying a rental property and then maybe another rental property, another rental property. There are people who love to accumulate the rental properties and then have them as a revenue stream in retirement. But then that's only semi-retirement. You got to take care of the places. You got to rent them out. You got to kick out tenants who don't pay you, things like that. But I love rental properties, but it's a completely different kind of thing than doing the SEP. So you say you don't want to work the next 30 years. If you're living off the income the rental properties generate later in your life, you are working. It's a, it's a part-time job, but you're working. On the other hand, with the SEP, this is the advantage. You're able to shove enormous amounts of money when you're self-employed into a SEP. When you're really profitable with that business, you're able to put in, I mean, it's enormous sums. Um, was it 56000 a year? 66000 For 2023, like it's, 60, it's 61000 for 22, and then it's going to be $66,000 in a year. So if you're running big profits with your business, you're able to put, make up for years and years, you could never save money, put it in there, it reduces your current taxable exposure running your own business, and you're able to build up a massive amount of assets. Let's say you even pick normal retirement age. If you're able to generate a lot of profit and shove it into that SEP, by the time you're in your mid-60s, you would have a giant amount of money. So don't feel like just because you're in your 50s and you never saved a penny, you may be one of those individuals who, because of how you're earning your living, self-employed and generating great cash flow, you might be able to make up the years you weren't able to save. So I've got confidence in you. And I do love rental properties. If what I'm saying rings hollow, you can go that path. So speaking of saving for retirement, 401ks, as many jobs as people have now, I mean, average person starting out in their 20s, they'll probably have more than 15 jobs over a working lifetime. And a lot of those jobs are going to come with 401ks, and then you'll abandon them, essentially. Well, that's a big industry problem, and there's help on the way. Yes, the cavalry is riding in. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. 
For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When we think about working for an employer, the world of work has gradually, steadily changed over the last several decades to the point that a work life cycle is unrecognizable today compared to what it was before. You know, if you go back to just, let's go back to 1980, which may seem to you like prehistoric era, but in human history, it's not even a blink. People historically would go to work for one company. And if that company was successful, you tended to be there your entire working lifetime at a single company. And that has gradually changed over the decades since 1980 to the point that employers don't expect us to stay a long time. And we think a long time at a job is two years or more. That's like an eternity. And so people tend to have many, many, many different jobs. As I've said on multiple occasions, pensions are no longer a big part of the planning equation for work because we're portable, employers rent us, we move on. And that's why the 401k has become the dominant way that people save for retirement. But it was kind of an afterthought not really thought out for the way people work today. And so it's kind of a mess with changing jobs a lot. You may have a 401k somewhere, you leave, and then the 401k is left behind. If you have less than a certain amount of money, usually less than $5,000 in there, you don't do anything, the worst possible thing will happen. They'll cash you out of it, send you a check, you'll pay a huge tax bill, and you don't have any money saved for retirement anymore. Or you'll have enough money in there, you leave the job, you leave it behind, and over the years you move a lot of times, you lose track of that 401k, you get disconnected from it, and who knows if you'll ever be reunited any time in your lifetime. Because when you start thinking about how many jobs people may have per decade now, people typically will have more jobs in a decade than people ever had in a whole working lifetime not that long ago. It's a massive problem for the country's future, individuals' retirement, what are they going to live on, and also it's a paperwork nightmare for everybody. So the two biggest players in 401k plans, Vanguard and Fidelity, these absolutely arch rivals have gotten together in a business venture with some other smaller players. It's called Portability Services Network. And starting in January, when you leave a place of work, huge percent of people in the country 
will be covered by the services, a portability services network, you will then find that your 401k will automatically move for you from your old employer to your new if both the old employer plan and the new plan are enrolled members in the portability services network. This is a huge improvement. Doesn't take us to where I thought we should be, which is retirement plans should be yours at wherever you work and your employer can provide a match as they wish, but the money is not in the employer's hands. It's in whatever financial house you choose to have your personal retirement account. In other words, I would eliminate the current system of having this whole alphabet soup with people who work for nonprofits being these crummy 403Bs, people who work for for-profit companies have 401Ks, you work for yourself, you got SEPs and you got SOLOs and you got SIMPLES, and then on your own you can do various versions of an IRA, Roth, traditional, non-traditional, the alphabet soup. People got busy lives. We need to have a system that acknowledges and recognizes the present the way work works today. I don't know when our political class in Washington will recognize the reality of how difficult our current system makes it for people. But in the meantime, the marketplace looks for solutions. And this clearinghouse, retirement clearinghouse, that has the portability services network will make things a lot easier for people. And it will even though it will only cover, I guess, half of retirees starting in January, half of workers in January, over time, this will become a common practice and it will prevent this horrific cashing out that's happening because a path to a secure retirement does not begin with cashing out a retirement plan that you have to pay penalties and taxes on, and then your total save for retirement goes from whatever you had down to zero, starting all over again. Krista? Katie in Texas says, Hi, Clark, I need your help. My dad wants to buy a beach property in Lagos, Portugal to rent out, and I don't think it's a good idea. He won't listen to me, but he might listen to you. He isn't planning to live there, but the developer is telling him he will get 15% plus returns by renting it out. This seems insanely unrealistic to me. Have you heard anything about people buying property in Portugal and successfully renting it out as an investment property? Okay, let me stop you there. Yes, I've heard of people buying investment property as an absentee that they don't own, they don't intend to use at all. I have not heard of people actually making money doing that. What I'd like you to do, I think this is a terrible idea. The promoter of this is going to promise whatever. The 15% plus return is not guaranteed. They're selling your dad a bogus opportunity that is supposedly a wonderful revenue stream, income stream going forward. It doesn't work like that. Tell you what you do. Go start looking, Google, whatever search engine you use. Look for some of the articles on people, Europeans, who did this very heavily in Spain. Not Portugal, but Spain. They've already seen this movie, Your Dad's Being Pitched in Spain. And you'll see story after story of people complaining that they got wiped out 
in these supposed can't-lose real estate ventures in Spain. The idea seems so wonderful. I mean, isn't it great? I mean, look at this resort they're going to build. I'm going to make all this money. Yeah, right, wrong. It's not going to happen. Joanna Missouri says, I've been a dog owner all of my life, but now routine vet bills are so expensive. I worry about being able to afford proper pet care. Can you help? Joanne, I mean, we've talked about this and all right, let's look at how things used to work with a pet at the vet. When somebody's pet got sick until this era, people would say, oh, we're going to miss you so much. You've been such a great part of our household, and it would be over. Uh, They wouldn't do any extraordinary treatment. Uh, Pet would go home with them until life was no longer, quality of life would not be good enough, and then the pet would be put to sleep. People think completely differently about their pets today, and they will do any extraordinary means. Pretty much, it's a parallel to human medicine, except they're nicer to you than than uh, human medicine is to you as a patient. And so vet practices are mimicking the costs of human medicine now because people are doing extreme surgeries. They're doing cancer treatments that are exotic. They're doing all kinds of exotic diagnostic testing. So care of a pet can end up being a backbreaking expense. And you can cover some of it with pet insurance policies. But I would definitely, if you go that route, you need to talk to your vet because they know which policies have done a good job of paying bills and which have not. There will be a lot of exclusions based on the breed, lots of restrictions based on breed and the dog's age. And that's where the the vet's knowledge and experience could be helpful. Consumer Reports has also done a review of pet insurance policies, and that would be a good reference to look at. And just two quick more things I know I've heard you say before. Um, If you live near a veterinary school, often you can get care there that's supervised by the professors of, you know, that are vets and save money. And then you've talked about saving money on the medicine by getting them from a regular pharmacy and not from the vet before. So we have, um, for our dogs, we have the most wonderful vet that we could ever go to. They are just incredible. And in spite of that, I need to say the cost of filling prescriptions at a vet, I mean, it's like unreal. There was a prescription recently that we had paid $138 for at the vet that I then filled the next time at Costco for $4.40. That's a big markup there. All right. This is from A in Tennessee. Please help me My roommate listens to your shows all the time and considers himself a money guru, but he runs the washing machine and dishwasher half empty. Maybe water's cheap for now, but the pods aren't. He is annoyed that I stopped buying dishwasher pods and emoting it. I just meal prepped for the week. There was one skillet and lid, a cutting board, and two bowls in the dishwasher. I went upstairs to the restroom, came down to the dishwasher running, and now I have two sinks full of dishes I have to wash by hand or wait, 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 wait. I will load that thing so full that you literally can't get anything else in it, and it all comes out clean. There's no reason, in my opinion, to run half and one-third loads in the dishwasher or washing machine. Am I wrong you are completely right those pods are so expensive 
it is a terrible waste of water. He should wait till the dishwasher has some heft in it of things loaded into it and then wash it because money does not grow on trees. And so I'm with you on that. I also think it's great he's motivated to do these things. So uh, you don't want to shame too much. And if you do go back to buying the dishwasher pods, buy store brand only for them. Never, ever buy the brand name dishwasher pods unless you want to really, really waste your money. The pods are so much more expensive than just putting in liquid or powder. They are so convenient, though, that people want to buy them. So roll the price back at least some by using store brand pods. And And obviously the roommate's smart because he's listening to the show. So, Well, that's why, I mean, I never want to shame somebody for wanting things clean, but you can more efficiently clean them. How's that? Sounds good. Okay. And the most important thing is to have domestic harmony. But thank you so much for listening. And if you have a question, you need advice, one-on-one, available to you for free from our Team Clark Consumer Action Center, 30 hours each week, Eastern Time Zones, 10 in the morning till 4 in the afternoon. Did I say Monday to Friday? I should have. The number to get one-on-one free advice from a member of Team Clark, 636-49-CLARK. Have a great day.